one. For those investors that follow seasonal patterns that are really not that common, today or around the next couple days should be some buying. Sell Russia Shana. We know what happened with that. Sold off a couple hundred handles. Now, buy Yum Kipper. Man, there's a lot going on. I don't know. I want to get bullish, but I'm going to need Mitch and Dennis to talk me into being bullish. Jeremy Newsom at 835. He's got some exciting things to talk about. Drug stocks. X, XBI. New, new life in this market. We got a lot to cover with some stocks we don't usually talk about. It's Tuesday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's pre-market prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Starting out a little bit in the red here. 15 handles at 63.75 after closing right at the high of the session a little bit of disappointing overnight trading action uh the buck firmly in the 105 handle that's only down six cents at 105.625 bonds off the low making a new low today but now up 1930 seconds at 115 and 14 30 seconds crude in the lower 80 handle down about 50 cents 89.20 gold sinking too down 570 at 1930 90. Silver in the red by 11 cents at 23.27. Bitcoin futures, they're down 70 bucks at 26,285. I'll bring in Triple D here. And I guess from yesterday's price action, you could say we stopped going down. Yeah, that's good news. It was a nice, it was a nice bounce. It was a nice bounce for stocks. Unfortunately, it's giving almost the whole dang thing back here this morning. But definitely a relief rally. Definitely oversold. It's what we were talking about on pre-market prep when you were gone yesterday, Joel, is we're oversold and we were due for a bounce. So we got a little bit of a bounce yesterday. Was this the bounce and that was it? Is there more to come? I mean, you called this with the sell Rosh Hashanah by Yom Kippur. And now you want to get bullish here because Yom Kippur just passed. That's why you were not here yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So is it a green light go here for you? I can't. I, you know what? I, I just can't do it. There's just so many things going on right now that it just, you know, well, Q3 earnings season coming up in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, the Fed, even though. I don't think we got any new information last week. You know, higher for longer is definitely weighing on the, uh, in investors' minds. Um, you're seeing a lot of stocks, as you mentioned, make uh, new 52-week lows. Uh, you know, my re my pure recession indicator, my drive-by restaurant indicator, is starting to flash some warning signals. There's not the not the super lines out there. There's still some lines. But it's not, you know, people are like, man, you know, I can't afford that Happy Meal or that Big Mac and extra large fries. And I think they're, I don't know, is it finally going to hit the consumer? This rapid rise in interest rates affecting gas and homes and travel. We've seen what the travel stocks have done. 
Uh, I don't know. It just feels, you know, I'm not calling for imminent recession and gloom and doom, but man, we'll find out. We'll find out in a couple of weeks. I just, it's, it's, I said that because I'm having a hard time, like putting it, you know, my, my flag in the ground and saying, 4350. This is it. You got to buy. We're rallying. I mean, the it, it was year. a significant sell off here. We've sold off 200 SP points in seven days. That's a significant sell off. So, are we due for a little bit of a relief pop? I could be with you. I could get on the bandwagon of 440 SP. I could. I just don't know if there's much more behind that. So, that's why I have trouble, like, just like, am I going to jump in here trying to pick up a dead cat bounce and then get caught? As a trader, sure. As an investor, I'm going to sit in cash here because this is too many unknowns and it feels like the economy is teetering. But, I mean, if you're 100% cash, maybe you should put some of that to work. Maybe you should be nibbling on some stocks this morning. This is a pullback. It's a counter move from a counter move yesterday. I usually <laughs> like if If I was bullish, I'd be buying this pullback here. This would be the technical buy here for me. Mitch, what are you saying? Are you still bearish? Well, yesterday I played the quick action to the upside. I was able to play arm deer i played i was able to play the tqqq move to the upside uh so it was just rentals though got rid of them as they popped and took my money and ran with it i think that's the way i'm going to be approaching today too that if i market. yeah that's the way i feel right now is just ride the daily trend because that quickly can change the very next day i think today there is some bulls that probably took some shots that are now catching themselves today, maybe just slightly green or near their break even. When they closed yesterday, they were probably looking at themselves like, yeah, I got the nice little bottom turn. Now they're feeling the pressure a little bit. Let's get take, some, I, like I want to take this, Mitch. I want to take over here just for a second here. What are we going to say, Joel? You have one more comment on I was that? just going to say, yeah, I was just going to say overall, you know, we, we just went kind of longer term, and then I'm just going to put on my short-term glasses here. And mm -hmm. when I looked at that, the end of the day in the, in the market yesterday, the first thing you like to see is like good follow through through the previous day's yeah. high. And what did they do? They sold it and they sold it pretty hard. So, you know, when, when the bull's there, when it's a good, you know, good market, you know, at least you get some kind of follow through the upside. But, but you know, they had to rally at the end of the day, boom, they opened up after hours. So, but you know what that does? That gives you a good level to keep an eye on at least for today's session. So do we start the week out with a double top after a horrible week last week? Well, we'll see. We're only, you know, we're 13 handles away. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what the market has in store for us today. So I just want to take us off script for a second. Cause we had some breaking news as eight o'clock mm. here. Um, yeah. Money Mitch, we've got a, we've got a ICPT getting acquired here by really? alpha Sigma. It looks like $19 a share. Currently, ICPT is halted for news. That news has broken at 8 o'clock. They're getting bought out by Alpha Sigma for $19 in cash. I'll tell you something, man. This is XBI's day. It's been in the gutter. Full disclosure, I do have a long position XBI day trading long, so I will be selling this probably at, uh, just you know probably at the open here. Um, I'll give you the reasoning behind that in a second, but... Um, it's XBI's day. Well, I'll give it reasoning right now because there's multiple pharmaceutical stocks that are really popping here this morning. And that is why XBI is already trading higher here. And if you're looking like you've got one ICPT, so we're just doing the quick math here, close 1044, taken out at 19 cash. Now, won't trade to 19. I don't know if there's, you know, it's not going to, but it's probably going to trade up, I would imagine, into the 17s at least, maybe even into the 18s here. 
Um, so that's the one piece of news. But then you have a whole bunch of other pharmaceutical news here too, Mitch. Maybe go down. Um, I know we were supposed to talk about this later, but I brought it up just because that ICPT breaking news. There's two other XBI components that are popping here this morning as well. Let's get to that action. IMVT is the one jumping big, 34% in the pre-market Tuesday. Immunovant announcing data from a phase one trial of autoimmune disease. Its parent also getting the lift, of course. Uh, Royvent Scientists, that's R-O-I-V, if you guys want to check out that ticker, that added about 10% in reaction. And there's other stocks that are moving too, right? We also have PLRX. Uh, plant uh, therapeutics uh, they announced that they're hosting a conference call and webcast right now it just started at 8 a.m so look to see if that gets the lift also they're going to be putting out interim results on their phase two trial and then just to make things even bigger we get some more news right you can take huh. a look at a smaller name femi that's f-e-m-y um, and that looks like it secured FDA clearance to market Femacid, an infertility treatment solution. So if you're not into the therapeutics today, well, guess what? They're going to be talking about it. So what do you see here, Dennis? And how could we maybe play this? I just see, obviously, a lot of these stocks, um, you know, this pharmacy. It's interesting when you come in and you get four pieces of pharmaceutical news here, moving stocks significantly here. So just doing the math, ICPT probably going to open up about 70 or 80%. It's 0.46% of XBI. IMVT is already up 59%. It's 0.87% of XBI. And then ROIV, another one here is trading up 17%. It's 1% of XBI. So you could go like, just quickly doing the math, that's like a 0.18% move for just ROV, adding up what XBI should be up. IMVT 0.87 times 0.59, oh, that's uh, about a 0.5% move. And then you get the ICPT, and that's probably like a 0.35% move. So those three components are given XBI at least a 1% pop. That is what it is up right now. So it is pricing that in, so you can clearly see why XBI is trading up. 0.93% with the market down. It's one of the only you know ETFs that's up. And it's because it's got three of those pharmaceutical names. I don't know if there's peer plays. I don't know if there's other going to be smaller pharmaceutical companies moving here this morning. But that's a big move here for XBI. Again, I do have a day trading position in there. Okay, so let's back it up and look at these uh, individually. The the reason for the move, and then we could get into the price action. Uh, first of all, uh, we just you just gotta laugh when you see this ICPT, Dennis. Uh, remember back when we were doing the show in 2014, and uh, they came out with drug news, and it went up like 500 percent uh, in like two days because. Yeah. They came up with a live. They, I mean, this thing got caught, you know, was going to cure everything. Uh, bilary uh, cirrhosis of the liver, non alcohol. I mean, everything they cured all liver everything. diseases, every everything. drug, and and uh, and also, and you could you could bet a nickel on it. Bank America upgraded nickel. that, that bet, uh, upgraded that stock that day to 500. Is the day that it traded over 450, and the whole world had to be in it. And now it's getting taken over at 19 bucks. So um, it, you know, it's a it's a premium to what it was. But it's just I want to point out like the dangers of uh, you know of of these stocks and moving on drug trials. This is an actual takeover, and now it's getting done. But if you bought this stock any time in the last 
you know, nine years, I don't even know. Some people they're getting their money back. Uh, it's 19 bucks. Is it all cash? Yeah, it's all cash. Yeah. Okay. Well, so we'll we get see the pop it... up. You get the relief pop here for people who are beat up. But I mean, everybody's beat up. To your point here, everybody who pretty much bought this thing the last decade is probably down money. There's a few people who maybe bought in the last couple months up money on this move. But it's, you know, if you were in this thing from two, it's $100 or $100 or $400. I think it was even higher than that. Obviously, you're taking taking off the board at 19. You're probably not that excited about it. And now let's go to the FEMY. That's the big move. I mean, that that's the one that's up 200%, uh, yeah. trading a lot of volume around the psychological buck level. Did anybody have an inkling on this one yesterday? No, definitely uh, not. Yeah, no? Looking at the no, daily charts here? I don't think no. so. It's sitting at near lows. Looks like it's going to zero pretty much on that chart. And now, you know, you get this drug approval here. So this kind of came out of the blue. And it's a big pop. I was watching the action in this thing, um, and it started popping right away up to 50 cents, and then 60 cents, 70 cents, 80 cents. It was just hit, hitting my filters. And then, you know, boom, up, obviously up to a dollar here now. So it's a big move here, too. It's a good day for pharmaceutical stocks because they've really been in the gutter. There's even one more, SLNO, up about 146%. Holy good um, find there, too. Let's go look so at this one. So here, this one also announcing positive, statistically significant top-line results. Um, and this is for another syndrome, uh, Prater-Willi syndrome. Um, so it looks like a lot of wow. companies coming out with data on the same day, definitely helping out here, SLNO. Look at that. So pop. I'm in XBI just for the ARB um, this morning, and that's why I'll probably be getting out of it here near the open. Um, but question is, is there maybe I shouldn't be in the, for the ARB. Maybe I should be in the longer term. Mm. Can this turn around the story? You get four, you know, XBI is sitting here, fallen 10% the last 10 days. Yeah. I mean, it's sitting not that far from its COVID lows, or not COVID low side, like the, uh, the uh, well, I guess it's October. through its October lows. Yeah. It's through its, it's back to its May lows. XBI bottomed in May at 62. So, I mean, we are sitting at a new 52-week low here for XBI. And it's getting a nice relief pop this morning because so many of its holdings getting pops, three of them directly getting pops this morning, significant pops. Is this like the possible thing to start sparking a turnaround, or is the drug stock's still just in the gutter and you just got to sell any rips. I'll throw it to you, Joel. One day doesn't make a, yeah. One day doesn't make a move, but yeah. it, it, it's certainly, uh, you know, it's certainly a, a start, right? I mean, look at the red candles on this thing um, on the daily on the XBI. So 80 bucks in the middle of September, under 72 yesterday. Uh, fundamentally, you don't know what's going to come out. You know, if the, you know, if this is a big day, everything comes out. Uh, but boom, I just maybe solidify, hold on to these gains today. Maybe come back and, you know, top, you know, hit the bottom or the top of yesterday's range and, you know, make this September low, the October low as well. So it's a start. It's the first, uh, you know, we talked about a little bit with Mish about this. Um, I still think, you know, higher rates and, you know, these companies need money, right? And they need to borrow money to, uh, uh, you know, to, to get the drugs or approval to do the research. So that's still an overhang, but that, uh, that's a, a huge start. overhang. And don't kid yourself. When you look at this XBI chart and even the, the IBB has been weak too. I do have day trading position that one too. It's rates, man. And this is going to bring us right back into this conversation where we were supposed to start the show here, Mitch. So I am coming and bringing us back to the top of where we wanted to talk here, which is TLT. 
This is yeah. rates. You know, this is the reason that pharmaceutical companies, they borrow money big time. They were borrowing at 1% two years ago. Now you're borrowing at 5, 6, 7%. So, I mean, maybe they weren't borrowing at 1%, but they're borrowing a hell of a lot lower than this. So, I mean, this is a serious expense for these, especially these smaller pharmaceutical companies that are littered with debt. I mean, they borrow to obviously do their trials. They borrow to do their trials. Well, their borrowing costs are a hell of a lot more than they were two years ago. And this is a rate play, a direct play on rates. And I think as you see TLT go, I think you see XBI go. And if you don't see a positive correlation there, you're not looking at your charts. Because if you look, TLT, um, obviously, you know, making new 52-week lows is bouncing here this morning, which is good news, but made a new 52-week low yesterday. And to Joel's point, it's not even a new 52-week low. We're talking about a new multi-year low here in the TLT. We have not seen rates like this in a very, very long time. Yeah, Minneapolis Fed Bank uh, President Neil Kashkari said on Monday that if the economy is fundamentally much stronger than we realized on the margin, that that would tell me that rates probably have to go a little bit higher and then be held for longer so that things can really cool things off. So they're telling you right there, I think, that, yeah, I'm I'm weighing in at least one more 25 basis point hike, and I'm weighing in longer, longer hold of that rate. I don't even see it coming down in 24. I know that right there, we talked about this yesterday, Dennis, that it was in the 90% percent chance uh, by December of next year that they would ease rates. I yeah. could see it going further than that, at least but, from what uh, the I Fed is telling us. Yeah, well, I, I think you we're going to see rates lower because I think we're, the economy is going to go off a cliff. Slow That's down, what I've yeah. been saying. I think the economy is teetering here now, and I think you're going to see consumer spending just collapse. And I think that's why they're eventually going to lower rates a lot sooner. And the reason, like, again, why we don't get super bearish here and say, oh, the economy's falling off a cliff. We better sell our stocks. Wow. Economy starts falling off a cliff. The Fed will start lowering rates, and that will change everything. So, I mean, you can't just have this super bear hat on because the Fed has all the bullets in the chamber that they need to turn the economy around if it starts to teeter. So right now they don't see those issues. So that's why, obviously, you know, the Fed, you know, is sticking to their guns. But eventually here, I do think the consumer spending is going to slow down. Inflation will get in check and then we'll start to see these rates uh, decreases in the pivot that everybody has been talking about for way too long. JP Morgan's Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, coming in with some comments, particularly on the macro situation, saying that I will say right now, it feels like the fiscal stimulation was extraordinary. The monetary was extraordinary, and that was a global phenomenon more in the United States than elsewhere. But that's a little bit of a sugar high. And that little bit is going to go away. And we're hoping to have a soft landing. But all of these other things there is out there, Ukraine, oil, gas, winter, disruption of trade flows. So I think that good leadership on the part of America, India, China, and Europe can make sure that the negatives don't happen, but I'm putting myself in the quite cautious character. Was this yesterday? Or yes. did you say this today? Yesterday. Uh, how did they, I wasn't here? How did how did the market react? When what time of day did they, he they say don't this? give a crap about this? Like an, <laughs> I, I like that Mitch is bringing it up. This, yeah, this it was overnight. It was but overnight. The, but the market is not going to respond to Jamie Dimon being bearish because Jamie exactly. Dimon has been cautious and bearish for the last year. Jamie Dimon has not just turned bearish all of a sudden. You know, he's been cautious in the cautious camp for a very Thank long you. time here and wrong. 
cautious and wrong. I've been cautious and wrong as well. Being right lately, though, and Jamie Dimon being right lately, though, which is probably why he's reiterating these statements, because he has been right lately. So I don't think this market's going to respond like, oh, my gosh, Jamie Dimon's getting bearish. <laughs> Jamie Dimon's kind of already bearish. Cautious? When you're a central banker, when you're in you know, the banking, when you say cautious, that is bearish. That is not you know, bullish. That is not neutral. When he says cautious, that is him saying bearish because he's not going to come out and say, sell stocks, the end of the world's coming. His cautious means I'm nervous and I'm, I can't you know, say anything because I'm the CEO of JP Morgan, but I'm nervous. So, I mean, there's all the reasons to be nervous that we cite on this show every single day. That being said, we had a significant sell-off here. So I'm back to Joel's, you know, I'm on the fence here about, you know, whether we should be just nibbling into the market here because we just sold off 6% on the S&P in five days or 10 days. We just sold off. Like, and here's a list for you. And this is going to be a bigger conversation here, Mitch. Maybe go to that tweet. I just did a scan running on the S&P 500. We have 41 stocks making new 52-week lows here right now. Now, this isn't a bullish sign at all. But it's telling you that, you know, we're no longer in, you know, this rainbows and everything is awesome and we just ignore all bad news environments. Stocks are getting hit. Stocks have been getting hit for the better part of six weeks here. Yes, Apple is still holding on. Yes, there's some mega cap tech that is still holding on. But I mean, we've got this 52-week list, Mitch, and please show me the list here. Um, You know, there's a lot of stocks on this list. LUV, the airlines consumer staples it's littered with consumer staples and that's all because of rates dollar general and dollar tree like look like they're going out of business for crying out loud i almost want to buy dollar general like this is getting to a point of ridiculousness in my honest opinion we just we just polished off so this stock made a new at the end of 2022 made a new all-time high we just knocked out five years of gains in basically five months we just knocked out five years of gains in five months in dollar general I mean, are we serious that these Dollar General stores, are they in that much trouble? Or is this just like the PE on the thing is like six now? I mean, this whole list, I was doing looking at the PEs on this list too, Joel. It's ridiculously low, the PEs on all these things. And maybe they're all value traps. And maybe this is a horrible list. But there are some companies on here. This isn't to Spinner's point. This isn't like a Kathy Wood portfolio of zombie companies, this list here. These are companies that all make companies. UPS. Target, we know the woke thing has been hitting Target. Dollar Tree, Dollar General, they make a lot of money. General Mills, now again, this is a rates thing because consumer staple. So you can see like the Hershey's, you know, and, and, and a number of other stocks that are on this list are consumer staples and they're hitting those because rates and the Tina Tray, which I've talked about for a long time, why I've been telling you not to own these stocks because you'd rather be in five and a half percent than sitting in a dividend on GIS for, you know, I just grab the dividend yield on it right now, 3.64, it's come. It's come up that dividend a little bit, but still not that great. But my point being, this is a very diversified list of very solid companies. So, I mean, we are no longer in Kansas where we're in this raging bull market and we're ignoring all bad news. Stocks are actually starting to get hit. So at a certain point in time, I am a contrarian investor. I start to look. Dollar General and Dollar Tree have been hit really hard, really hard. And... I just think like the consumer is getting strapped for cash. Is there not a trade down here? Maybe like, why is Walmart stop? Why is Walmart at a new all time high and dollar general at a five year low? Are they, well, maybe they're just getting squeezed because you know, costs are going up and they have trouble. I know dollar tree isn't dollar tree anymore. Cause I go into my dollar tree and everything's a buck and a half. 
So it's not a dollar anymore. They broke the buck because they had to do it. And maybe that's hurting their business. I'm not sure. But I mean, these are significant sell-offs here, folks. Dollar General's down 60% this year. I mean, this is not your little like, oh, a little pullback here. This is a full-on crash for Dollar General shareholders here. Is there Cost- an opportunity, asking the chat as well, is there an opportunity to maybe comb the ditches in some of these companies? Because some of this list is not going out of business. I just wanted to drop in there that Costco earnings will be tonight. They're expected a $4.79 EPS and the highest ever uh, for revenue and EPS outlook for Costco today. Um, that's going to be $77.9 billion. So the most on EPS and the most also on revenue outlook for Costco ever for the company. Just putting that out there. Yeah, and it fits in the conversation here because... So Walmart and Costco are basically sitting at all-time highs. You know, Costco is not far from it, 50 bucks. But I mean, you might as well just say, you know, you look at this long-term chart. It's up near all-time highs. Walmart's up. So if we would just stop shopping at Target, Dollar General, Dollar Tree, every other store, and we just shop now at Walmart and Costco, is that what has happened here? Or is there a potential where some of these ridiculous spreads here, maybe not Target, I'm just not a fan of Target right now, but, you know, Dollar General, I'm looking at this thing and I'm like trying to stop myself, you know, and I hear Brian Shannon in my head, stop, you know, buying stocks and downtrends here because, you know, he's always a momentum trader there. But I'm a contrarian investor. And when I see value, I start to think like, is Dollar General going out of business? I don't think so. I don't think Dollar General's, you know, maybe they got some brick and mortar stores, but they're in a lot of small towns, Joel. You know uh, the Dollar General. You go through Michigan, you go through all those small towns. There's, you know... You know, three thousand people living in the town. Where, what store do they have in that? It's a Dollar General. That's where they go and do their local shopping. So these Dollar Generals are in all these small little towns. People still got to eat. People still got to buy stuff. Dollar General is not expensive. It's not luxury. They're they're selling stuff that we need, not that we want. Dollar General is selling stuff that we need. You know, we need food. We need you know the cheap clothing. We need you know food, shelter, and you know like obviously. Um, everything kind of that Dollar General sells. So I'm like, I just look at this at 250 down to 100 bucks. Is this a logical bounce area? 100 dollars for Dollar General. If it gets to 100 bucks, I'm gonna have a hard time not buying the stock. Well, it's a 107.86. You know, I think what you mentioned, just going back to that list, um, is a pretty diversified list. I mean, I saw I saw a financial in there. With, a bad list for the market. Uh, it's a yeah. bad list for bulls. Yeah, it is because it's not. I mean, if it's one particular, you know, sector, sector that's doing in something, uh, love. I mean, we've been we've been talking about Delta since their uh, earnings declined. Uh, love is, uh, man, this is making. They had all those problems, so I mean, fundamentally, they had some terrible problems. So, no, I mean, the thing with what is it? Maybe Walmart and um, and Costco. You think it's just because they, they get a lot more love on Wall Street? Do you think that that could be? I I, I think I know at least uh, I'm going to point to the fundamentals here, right? I'm going to actually pull in here Benzinga Pro and see if maybe the numbers are telling us something. So if we look up here, Dollar Tree, right? And I went to the financials and went to the income statement here. So you guys can see here, this is the line that I'm going to point out. So look at the operating expenses and look how they've been jumping and jumping. What does that tell me? It could probably mean what? Wage inflation is weighing in on this company, I think. And so where you have to pay your workers more, you're losing margins on the supply chain. And then to make things worse, 
now you have to increase prices to try to get those margins back, which does what? It hurts the demand. And people are like, well, I just bought this product yesterday for a dollar. Now you're charging me a dollar twenty-five. Do I really need to go to the dollar store anymore? I could probably just go to the grocery store now. I think that this is definitely costing. Does this not happen at Walmart? Do they not? Are they not going to have wage inflation? Is Tesla not going to have wage? inflation? I think they're able to handle it a little bit more. Wage inflation. I think they're able to handle it a little bit more, Dennis. I don't think so. I think Joel hit the nail on the head. I think Joel hit the nail on the head that Wall Street just is hot for those Walmart and Costco and the trade down effects. And Wall Street is a bunch of lemmings that just follow, Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. Let's call it what it is. All the analysts, there's a couple of really good ones. We love you, Michael Pactor. You're not one of these, but there's a bunch of lemming analysts on Wall Street, a lot of them that just go with the flow. Stocks make a new high, they're upgrading it. Stocks make a new lows, they're downgrading it. It's just how they work. They're scared, their momentum. That's what I think it is. I think you're correct, Joel. I think, I agree with you, Mitch, that their margins are getting squeezed. But the argument would be, why is Walmart at all-time highs and Dollar General fallen 60%? Because I got to think that Walmart's going to get them squeezed a little bit too. I got to think there's labor inflation. Walmart's selling cheap stuff. Don't tell me those products aren't costing them more to get them into the stores because there's labor inflation built into those products as well. I got to think it's got to eventually hit Walmart here too. So I'm arguing that maybe long Dollar General short Walmart. Maybe there's a pair of the trade there. Maybe there's a pair of trade there. I think with uh, with these Dollar General and uh, someone made a, a point in the chat about perhaps overexpansion. I think uh, you can buy it now or you can buy it later. But you know, coming down, you know, the CEO's under under the hot seat right now. The entire management and there's going to be like there's going to be axes going to fall. Heads are going to roll. They're going to close some stores. They're going to, and there's going to be like this big cost savings plan. We know what Wall Street loves those kind of things. That's what they're going to do. They just, they got a, they got ahead of themselves. They overexpanded during the pandemic or wherever it was. And they're just going to chop, chop, chop. And then it will get a pop. And then whether or not it's, uh, you know, enough to turn the entire company around, we'll see. But man, hard to step out and buy those things until they at least make some measures to, you know, to stop the, you know, to stop the bleeding. Right now, there's absolutely no sign of it. And one thing I want to make clear here, Mitch, is you showed the financials for Dollar Tree. I'm giving an argument to buy Dollar General. They are not the same. So why are they not the same? Is that because Dollar General is in these small towns and it's kind of the grocery store in a lot of these small towns. So they sell a lot more groceries. Dollar Tree is in all the big cities too. And they sell groceries in there as well. They do sell some stuff. They sell a lot of, you know, like basically junk. So I just want to be clear here. I'm not giving, and, and if you could do that exercise for Dollar General, because I'm sure it's similar. It's the same thing. I'm sure they're getting margin same squeezed thing. here. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're thing. getting margin squeezed, but I want to be clear here because I'm, I'm giving an argument because Dollar, Dollar Tree is going to be worse. And then everybody's going to say, Dennis wanted to buy Dollar Tree. They are not the same. Dollar General, the reason I like kind of Dollar General is they are the grocer and a lot of small little rural towns, little rural communities. You know it, Joel. You go through Michigan. You go through these small little towns. It's not Dollar Tree sitting in these small little towns. It's Dollar General. It's like their little local grocery store. You can see it here. Also, total operating expenses also jumping. I can't see the revenue numbers at the top, though. I cannot make that out. Total revenue. It's also, uh, it's well, one thing I can tell you, the cost of revenue is also going up. 
Um, so that just shows us that the inventory is margins are getting more. squeezed at all these companies. So my 100%. argument again, and it's a fantastic point you're making here, Mitch, but my argument is I think it's going to happen at Walmart too. I don't think Walmart okay. can keep their operating expenses just where they are. I don't think they can do it. I think eventually, and it's just my opinion, maybe I'm wrong, but I think eventually they come for you know, Walmart here too. And everybody thinks it's a trade down. We just got to buy Walmart here. At Walmart making new all-time highs here and Dollar General and everything else making new 52-week lows. Doesn't make any sense to me at all. Dennis, I can at least say that right here on Walmart, you don't see the same trend. That's not the same trend that we're seeing on the operating expenses. It's up 3%. So let's grab it. So you see how it like it's like 29, 30, 34, 33, 30, 32. So they're still able to kind of they don't have that increasing trend on the operating. So it's, it's up about 10 percent. What were we up on the dollar general? Go back to it again here. We're up about 10 percent on operating expenses. Again, revenue is growing here. So we almost got to do it as percentages. We're trying to do this stuff live here on the air. You're yeah, up. Got, you're up yeah, 2 percent. So you're up about 15 percent. Just You're something to look at, right? Five percent margin squeeze, more than Walmart, and that may be a point. Maybe Walmart can control it better. I bet you they can control it better. Can they control all-time highs better versus ten-year lows better? That's what I'm arguing. I don't know. It, I kind of like uh, the DG down here. I, I'm, I'm going on the record. I kind of like know, DG at I know, 107. I, I, I hear you. I just I'm not, a contrarian, I, man. I'm not the momentum guy. Brian Chan's gonna shake his head at me. What are you doing buying these <laughs> catch these ball knives? But you know me, man. Long I term, like to trade term. that way. I take some guts, I catch falling knives sometimes. I think DG at a hundred bucks is a knife that I maybe want to catch. Did you see what they did to our big lots after their earnings? It was big traded. Lots sucks. That's how it goes <laughs> six bucks, it goes to eight bucks, and now it's back in the low of the move. We were right on five, that one. Uh, yeah. yeah, they sold the living. And what about Ollie's bargain basement? Uh, you know, that's uh, is it that one, one of those? Um, that stock, I mean, hanging in there, it, hanging in. Yeah, There's so much pay- separation. Why is there so much? And this is where we keep coming to Mitch, Joel. There, we it's 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 so weird. It's like even in the retail apparel, and you got Abercrombie making new highs, and then you got Still? everything else breaking down. And Dillard's is just the unbelievable department store, even though they look the same as they look twice as big as a Macy's. There's never anybody in the bloody stores, yet they still keep blowing it away here. Maybe we just got to bring Ryan Craver back on here and have this conversation here once again here because I don't get it. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get to our guest time today. You guys smash the like. I have a feeling he won't hold back either. Jeremy Newsom, Jeremy Alexander Newsom. Oh, show me those pipes. Don't show me that again. Where, where do you find time to get those guns with a son like that, man? Dude, just just implants, man. That's it. <laughs> I love it. I love implants. It. This guy does so many. Those he are does AI everything. guns, he does baby. So many Iron Mans. That's not implants. That's pure just exercise. Wow. This guy exercises like a beast. How's beast my mode? How are my boys I, I, doing? Uh, well, first of all, um, I, I approve of the beard. Okay, Thanks, that looks better. Yeah, looks cleaner. Yeah, right yeah. Now. much better. Look Not at that. Did you get a haircut just because you were coming on the show? <laughs> Joel, don't tell anybody. I'm trying to look good for you. <laughs> Come on, you were <laughs> you are looking fantastic. Well, tell, first, can you give us a real quick recap of your uh, your summer vacation? 
Oh man, summer was wild. Summer was wild. Uh, we did a two month RV trip with the family all of June and all of July. I'm now addicted to RVs. It was the coolest experience. My wife actually loved it. She thought she was going to hate it, but she did. She ended up loving it. And we went all out West in the RV. We traded from the RV. We did all kinds of things in June, July, I did two endurance events. Uh, my wife did one of them with me. It was, it was an awesome experience, man. Great summer. Where all did okay. you go? Where, we where did you uh, we went to Mount Rushmore, Yellowstone, Jackson Hole, Yosemite, wow. Mount Shasta, San Francisco, um, Las Vegas, other parts of Utah, everywhere. It was wow. Yeah. What's your cool. uh, Mount Rushmore for stocks? The the best four? Oh yeah. Shoot. There you go. Uh, that's a good question. What a yeah. question. I mean, you only throwing need... you right, throwing it, the heat at you yeah. right off no. the Money Mitch, they call me yeah. for no reason, baby. <laughs> Besides Dennis and I, who's on there? Oh, oh, it's okay. So is oh, it? Oh, trade Oh, there five. you go, is Joel. It stock? Is it is, is it a stock choice or is it a human that would be on my mouth? <laughs> uh, I, I was saying stock, but Joel Joel pivoted into just Joel you know he wanted to see long. himself. No, go stocks, go stocks. Yeah. stocks. If All I'm right, gonna do so too many good traders to try to point out only just four. Yeah, we gotta do the four most investment thinking. Right? Yeah, investment exactly. thinking. Long term, they've been around long forever. Term. I can tell you what they were. Why you think about Jeremy? I'll give you a second to think about it. I'll tell you what they were in 2000. They were the four horsemen. Mm -hmm. And it was Dell, Microsoft, Intel, and Cisco. The four horsemen. So yeah. and some of those stocks are still pretty darn good stocks here, you know, 23 years later here. Or so, but has yeah. it changed? Has the four horsemen become something else in Jeremy Newsom's mind here? Who are the four stocks that Jeremy Newsom likes the most? Hmm, chat, Costco. you guys throw up yours. Okay, stop. He's got them. Costco. Costco. Okay. We just talked about Costco. All right. Tesla. Tesla. It's a pretty good one. Netflix. Netflix. I wouldn't have put Netflix on there. That's an interesting one. Interesting choice. And Lululemon. Lululemon okay. stores. Okay. I got to just, and again, Lululemon, unbelievable because. I actually was at a mall when I went on a little uh, getaway to Niagara Falls there. And I went through this mall and it was dead. I mean, there was nothing happening like ghost oh. town, tumbleweeds, nothing happening in the mall. The Lululemon store was packed. I'm Got like, it. what the hell? Why are the clothes that good? And people pay up for it. There's not even sales in there. They're going no. up, they're paying $100 for a pair of pants. That, play, that Lululemon just has it figured out. I was shocked. It was jaw dropper. You're going by and you're like, how's this mall in business? I'm like, Oh, that's why it's in business. It's got a Lululemon store. It was packed. It is unreal, man. It is a tribe that is strong. And I think it's it going to continue strong. I like how you mentioned the disparity when we were logging on, Dennis, about Dillard's versus Macy's, right? So like these bigger retail, Ollie's bargain outlet versus Big Lots. is like, who's figuring this out versus not? O'Reilly versus advanced auto parts, right? That's a yeah. crazy story. And so I yeah. think Lulu is one of those that did. They just figured it out. They did something yeah. right somewhere and people are winning. It, uh, it's just such a, a, a weird economy where there's just some stocks suffering so badly. And then there's other stocks that aren't suffering at all. Mm -hmm. And it's like the separation. And maybe the consumer is a little bit strapped for cash, but they're choosing what they want to buy and when they want to buy it. 
And, you know, even in traditional automotives, you're still seeing lots of Teslas out there. You're still seeing Tesla stock hold on strong. And obviously, you know, the other General Motors and Ford not you know, doing well at all. You could say sure. it's strikes, but they were weak well before the strikes happened as well. Maybe that was yep. breaking in. But it's such an interesting bifurcation, really, in the markets. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's a stock picker's dream, in my opinion. Like, there's so many good trends. You know, I like a lot what Joel says this and Dennis, too. But we mentioned when you're a trader, it's okay to be wrong and it's okay to be right. So just hop in what's working, right? Get out of whatever's not working and get into what is working. And so if you can, if you know what the trend is, I don't know, play it, right? Play the trend, short something that's going down, buy something that's going up. If you're wrong, cut it yeah. and move on. It's like, be a trader. It's okay. You want to talk about bear gaps today. And uh, you gave us a quite a list of stocks to look at. And uh, is there any particular, uh, you got a little sour look. Did you just want to keep chit chatting no, with no, us? No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, uh, what bear gaps? Yeah, here's why I'm sour, Joel. I'm a permable. You guys know that, right? I'm I'm usually mythical oh, yeah. glasses. Market's always going higher. But dude, <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm scrolling through these charts, <laughs> hard to find the bullishness. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Man, Netflix. I just mentioned Netflix. I know this. That that chart on Netflix, the daily and the weekly chart on Netflix looks disastrous. <laughs> I mean, this thing could fall so hard. Look at so if you look at the daily chart, notice that gap down on earnings in July, how yeah. it just it fails. And then if you can pop into a weekly Mitch on the bottom right hand side. I, I could do it. I got it. Oh, yeah. This is uh, you. Joel, that's Joel, man. Joel's what? taking over. Look at Joel; he's fast now. He's getting faster in his old age. I would have to come down there and give you a noogie, man. I don't care that you know. I don't care you know that jujitsu. Uh, Joel, look at this double top. Look at this double top on Netflix. That's a confirmed double top. Like, yeah, closed uh, below the neckline. I mean, that uh, looks awful. And yeah, we we increased. We've increased 150, 200% in the last year and a half. So that means all the upside, which is beautiful, it can't sustain that type of upside forever. So we need some type of consolidation. Again, I'm not calling for Netflix to go to zero, but 300 is very likely yeah. in the next five or six months. Like that's extremely realistic. And, You'd be a buyer uh, down there. I would. I'd be a buyer down there, but between 420 and 400, I'm a seller. And I would expect this to go a little bit lower, man. It does not look strong. And and I will say that across everything. Again, I normally come in here touting, hey, I'm bullish. I'm buying everything. But it's like, yeah. if I go to the queues, yeah, if I go to the queues, the QQQ, uh, which I look at a lot for the NASDAQ and for the, like, look at this weekly debacle that's going to happen if we take out 357. Yeah. I mean, that is a yeah. out of the textbook double top. Like, it's hard to yeah. draw it that good. <laughs> yeah and we and we bounced where we should have yesterday but we're coming right back down here again today like we're not sustaining any bounce this is the biggest yeah. issue that i've been talking about too it's like the bounces yeah. just aren't holding in anything sell the rip is working so well is, this the, is it just the biggest bear uh bounce ever here jeremy did we ever even get to a bull market uh, I believe so, man. I mean, we went up, you know, on the cues. Again, this is all my opinion, all my perspective. Yeah, of course. We're, we're going to make a lower high. But if we go for 23, uh, 2023, from the open of January, we went up 45% on the cues. I mean, that is bananas. Right? Yeah. For, a, 
think think about a retirement, right? Someone has whatever, $600,000 in their retirement and they yeah. parked in the queues and they just made a 45% return. They've only, I mean, they got an extra $300,000 of growth this year. So for that to pull back a little bit, I mean, makes perfect sense. Like if we went from, let's just call it 380 down to back to 320 on the queues, that would still be an annual year over year growth of 22% which is reasonable. That's normal. But that means we got to leak 30 points for the rest of the year for that to happen. And dude, if we take out 356, like I think that's a very likely possibility. And it's just valuation for me on the QQQ. Like, I mean, all of the top components are basically trading. The cheap ones are like Google, like 22 times earnings. It's like the cheap one. And yeah. then you got like the Microsofts and, and obviously the, the Amazons and you've obviously got nvidia which is 47 times earnings i mean it's just the valuation contraction that could happen like the multiple contraction that could happen here is pretty significant you could have a fall off of some of these top components of 30 percent in their in their valuation and it still wouldn't be cheap so i mean right. we're just setting up like the fundies are like expensive and then you know the technicals don't look good so you don't have the momentum anymore it's like just yeah. like almost like a perfect storm so apple um i, I totally agree Apple, thank you. Joel's reading my mind over here. Um, he is. He is. You don't. You the, don't even know it. <laughs> the weekly, the weekly move that happens in July, August, September, which is you interesting, right? Of last year, because I'm a big seasonality, like whatever. What happened in the past? That's usually what the question I ask when I look at a chart. What happened in the past? Yeah. That run up that we got this year looks very similar to the run up that we got in July of last year, right? Just straight up, essentially. And then you had some gap downs and you had some retests and all the stuff in like August, September of last year. Well, now we're in August, September of this year and we had the gaps. We had some technical charts that look a little bit weak on Apple. We are below um, the, the 100 simple on the daily chart. We have an unfilled gap at 181. We have an unfilled gap at 190. Both of those being bear gaps on the daily chart here on Apple. So Apple's obviously the GOAT. And if it takes out 172, we're yeah, going to 160. Yeah. We're going down. And yeah. if Apple goes down, that the whole head and shoulders. Man, I'm not a pattern trader, but holy, that head and shoulders is like a textbook head and shoulders. I'd even bump it up to 170. Like you got to go get some dandruff shampoo for that one there. Oh, like dude, that. yes. Joel's stocking yeah. up on the dandruff shampoo right now. Yeah, yeah. 173.50. Well, you don't have any hair. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, <laughs> 173.50. I know you said 172, Jeremy. Uh, but just uh, my uh, my method technical analysis, you have uh, at least a half a dozen lows there in the last uh, two weeks. So <sighs> for me, the line in the sand is 173.50. Sure. And yep. uh, until it can get above 180. I mean that. I mean, so a, a whale is getting out at 180. Want to ask you one more? And this is a stock I've owned for a long time. Uh, the Cisco Kid, uh, man, it was doing its own thing. It had a nice rally, decent earnings, and then they buy somebody, and uh, they knock it down off its keister down to 53. So there's some other fundamentals here. What do you What do you think about the bear gap and the Cisco Kid? Bear Gap and the Cisco Kid. Uh, it's a, over the last three days, a lot of indecision because people are thinking, well, they bought someone. That's a good thing, right? 
Mm, not on that chart. Uh, that's what's called an island reversal, unfortunately. So the island reversal is where you get a gap that occurs at ironically the exact same price, both up and down, and then you form an island of price action. So if we look at the daily chart, that there's a double gap at 54.30. So you have the gap up on earnings, and now you have this gap down. Those double gaps okay. are very powerful. So in my opinion, if we right. do not close above 55 in the next two weeks, 50 is pretty much a LeBron James layup. Like it's going to happen. I, I think I'm with you here. This looks like yeah, it's about over 54. It sets up for a short here. Yep. All right. I want to get one last one thrown in there. Of course, it was uh, such hype that came out with this stock, but it hasn't been hype since. What about ARM? How do you feel about ARM? Oh, I have no hype on ARM whatsoever. I think this is the most realistic uh, IPO of all time. I mean, I haven't bought a single share of this, and I think it's going to go lower because it's it's a tech IPO. That's generally, other than Google, I think Google's the only one that never took out its tech low on its IPO price. My thought on ARM is it goes down to the low 30s eventually um, between before the end of the year. And then maybe you could buy a little bit of it. But yeah, man, I don't buy IPOs. Honestly, I, I'll actively trade them. Uh, but I'm just going to expect this to go down a little bit more. The, the daily chart, I mean, look at the fact that we've already closed below the main low. And then now we're retesting the low of that candle. That's just a classic old support and resistance. This is going to be the easiest layup of all time. It's going to go lower. Jeremy, you're working on anything else you want to share with our listening audience? Oh, I know you were going to ask this, man. I appreciate it, Joel. You're so kind. You know, I am. And uh, I, I finally, finally got a chance to spend the time to create a really, really fun work of art that I've been spending about the last three or four years on. But it's a book. And it's a stock book. The nice. first book I came out, yeah, the first book I came out with wasn't a stock book specifically. It was more of a money mindset called Money Grows on Trees. But the next one's going to be called, and it's going to come out this year at the end of this year, Master Yourself, Master the Markets, Real-Life Trading Psychology. Because I think that's, that's, the, that's the key to trading, right? It's all the mind game. And this show with you and Dennis and Mitch, you are awesome at providing the trading psychology piece to people, giving them the mindset of what to plan for the next day and the next week and sometimes the next month and year. It all comes down to psychology. If you're great at the mental work, you can absolutely make money in this incredible career. But if you can't get the mental game right, you're going to lose money. So it's you got to study that a lot. All right. One quick thing before I let you go. What is Forrest Gump's Facebook password? I actually know this joke. I do. You do? <laughs> I don't. One Forrest one. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. look at that deal. He stole my thunder. I'm sorry, right. Joel. I, I love all things Forrest Gump. So, yeah. I, I now you're going to get a nose gouge along with the noogie when I come down there. Okay? I can't wait to see you, man. <laughs> all right. I can't wait Jeremy to see Alexander Newsom. He's a founder of Real Life Trading, author extraordinaire. Uh, just a great if you're if you're down and out, you just give Jeremy a call. He'll talk to you for like a half hour and bring you right out of it. He's a great guy, one of the best guys on Wall Street joining us here on pre-market prep. Thanks, Jeremy. You're right. All right. Yeah. Nothing like Jeremy awesome. At least that's what the chat called you. Dennis, so, what are you uh, doing to the market, Dennis? 
What Dennis, are you doing? I, I told know you. I wasn't paying attention. I my elbow down Get the, the cell elbow here, just it, accidentally, the and elbow. I just sold a bazillion S and P's. All right, I did want to tell the chat that uh, I did also throw up there Jeremy's other book, of course, that he's already have out. So if you guys want to take a look at that book, Money Grows on Trees, I just threw it up there. Link straight to Amazon, so you guys can go ahead and get that Kindle or audio book. Or at least just order it right now, guys. Check it out. All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep going into the market. Let's take sure. a look at UNFI. I think this is important. It's not maybe a stock that everybody trades, but could be a good indicator of the market here as they beat on EPS, missed on sales, but definitely getting whacked. They gave a loss of 25 cents here, beat the 28 cent loss estimate, sales of 7.41 billion, missed the 7.47 billion estimate. But could this be showing, right? Because this is what usually brings the goods to the restaurants, right? Do the restaurants expect a slowdown in demand and that's why they're getting hit here? What do you guys think? Um, yeah. And again, PEs on these, like so many, you know, it's not necessarily a staple here, but it's obviously food, um, eight. I mean, we're at a P of seven on this thing on a forward basis. I mean, there's just the PEs on some of that list and and going even back to the list, this would be a stock that probably is going to be on the list. Although I don't think it's in the S P 500, but I mean, holy, I mean, they have just murdered some stocks. And it's like relentless. And this morning here, it's relentless on this one. It was 18 and 17 and 16. And now it's in the 15 handle. There's like no mercy here on some of these stocks. So as much as, you know, the Apple continues to hold up and defy gravity here, you have just a mess in a lot of stocks. Like this is, this was a $43 stock in March. It's 15 bucks. It's down 70%. Obviously, there's some issues happening here. Uh, but I don't even know what to say. I mean, this is a serious sell-off. Uh, you're just going into it, a monthly area. Uh, the fundamentals are the fundamentals. But uh, back uh, post-COVID, uh, you had three months in a row, actually four months in a row, where you had some lows at the 1450 area. You did hit that in the pre-market going to 1460. So I like that area until otherwise notified, um, at least for the first bounce. But uh, longer term, we got to look at this thing in a week and see if there's big old offers at 1450 or it's holding a bid. But that, that there's a there's a long term level for you in um, UNFI. Anything you really trade with that, Dennis? Is it kind of on its own? What about I mean, Cisco? it's all consumer staples. We can't, yeah, there's no, there's not really anything like this coming. And I mean, the staples are a mess. You know, they're all on that list that I just gave. You know, Conagra Foods is like sitting here down 52-week low. CAG, everybody's saying, oh, yeah, nice 4% dividend. You know, you have, no, it's not nice anymore. 4% dividend sucks, folks. And the market is starting to realize it because we're in a 5% free money environment, meaning you can get 5% risk-free. Why in the hell am I taking risk for three and a half when I get five risk free? I mean, everybody's like, oh, Coca-Cola. Well, that's coming down now too here. The consumer staples have quietly just been an absolute mess, which we have had this absolutely right on this show. Look at XLP, 76 down to 69. That's a quiet 10% fall. This is supposed to be your defensive stocks. They're supposed to go up when the market's going down. This is what you want to, you know, because you got a whole bunch of tech stocks. We better have some staples in there because they'll hold up. No, they don't hold up in a 5% market environment. This is what you get. You get this. Eat it. 
Okay, Mitch, you could follow that. I, I that that put me in the background. That's how much that was. Uh, but yeah, um, consumer yeah. staples and utilities suck when you're in a five and a half percent environment. The XLP yield is two point seven one percent. That sucks. Flat out sucks. XLU. 3.36. Don't sit around utilities and staples when you, unless you're getting a really nice dividend, with because there isn't a five, five and a half percent environment. When they pivot, it'll be the time to buy these stocks. When they start talking, recession is on us. We need to start thinking about lowering rates. That's when you buy your utilities and that's when you buy your staples, not when they're still raising rates. Uh, yeah, uh, Dennis uh, didn't take his vitamins this morning, or maybe took too many vitamins, but yeah. you know he doesn't hold back. You know it, my guy here. Well, All we've right, been let's... right on this. We've been right on a lot on this show lately. I'm going to tell you that. We have been hot with our calls. Money Mitch, Joel, myself. Joel basically called the sell yum, sell, and, and he wants to get bullish here he now, which scares it. me from the I'm trying to, I'm trying. Yeah, I, I know. I'm I know. I kind of want to be bullish with you. I kind of yeah, do, because tough. we've been so dang bearish. It'd be nice to catch a turn. But I mean, I just look at the disasters. Like I'm trying. Look at me. I'm trying to call bottom and Dollar General. That's a turn of a half. Thing goes yeah. down every day. Square goes down every day. It bounced yesterday for once, but eighty dollars to forty-five dollars in seven yeah. weeks. They cut that thing in half. Mm-hmm. Holy, there's some disasters and, out here. Why is so much forgiveness in Apple? I want to wrap up with just the mentality of I'm also going to be careful of playing too much to the upside too quickly because yesterday could have also been a way to maybe get some shorts out and then they knock it some further. So I don't, we never know really what's going to happen, right? But be careful out there. Like Joel said, and he said this earlier, I think it's important. You know, one day doesn't make a trend, right? Let's see if we really get some day two types of moves where we can really see technology start to get strong again. I'm going to be keeping my eye to see if ARM could have another green day, things like that. NVIDIA, I'm keeping a close eye. What will you guys be watching? Let's wrap it up. I I know what, I mean, they absolutely, uh, yesterday's low has to be defended. 38 and a quarter. I mean, that's it. We're 14 handles away from here. They kind of faked us out on the close with the rally. You were looking, okay, we're out of the woods. The weekly numbers are telling you, stay away. Uh, You know, stay away until you show some strength. So holding yesterday's low, that's my number, at 43, 38 and a quarter. I will tell you, I've been bearish, and I remain bearish and in the cautious camp, but I am not as bearish today as I was two weeks ago. I will say that because we have had some stocks come down significantly. And I, in all likelihood, will start nibbling on some stocks here. I'm not scared to buy stocks and downtrends, not trades, but long-term investments because some of my best long-term investments were when some people said we absolutely cannot own stocks. Those were the best times to buy. So, I mean, pick good companies at reasonable valuations. Some of the valuations and some of these you know, stocks here have come down so much. You know, we have a lot of stocks trading with single-digit multiples here. Not GM and Ford. Don't buy stuff that consumer discretionary, but stuff that people need. I kind of like the DG at 100. I don't know if I'm going to get it at 100, but I'm, I could be really talked into it. And that's a completely contrarian call. All right. Guess who, who will we have on tomorrow, Joel? Uh, from Market Reader, uh, Webb Begoli is going to be talking about a new product that he's been working on to help you track the interday movement in equity. So looking forward mm. to talking to Webb tomorrow. 
All right, guys, you guys be safe out there. Enjoy the market. Up next, you guys got live trading with Ryan uh, Faluna, of course. I will be out of live trading, but I will see you guys a little bit later at Start Swing Trade. Hit the like button. Like always, we're here for you guys, here for us. Hit that share button. Let everybody know pre-market prep, the best way to start your morning.